Hello, and welcome to Good Bad Movies. I am here, of course, with Adrian Lopez. Adrian, how are you today? Good. Very good. I'm trying to do a, a sultry voice. Oh, welcome. Speak very so, lovingly into the microphone. Yes, yes, because we were watching one of the greatest love stories of all time. The Twilight Saga, part two, breaking. No, New Moon. <laughs> new Moon? Yeah, New Moon. Um, Ruined it. Oh, no, it's fine. It was a good bit. (laughs) New Moon. New Moon. We watched New Moon. We went back. We went back to this well. I think we said we wouldn't. Yeah, we kept being like, ah, okay, well, that was, we're not going to do that. That was, that was enough. <laughs> and here we are back. We did it again. And uh, once again, I'm going to say I'm not going to watch the rest, but that might just seal our fate. Now we're going to watch the rest. Yeah. Don't spit into the wind. I, I guess it'll I come back and hit you in the face. Just like New Moon. So I assume you watched this with your girlfriend. I did. And it was actually, believe it or not, I chose to. I said, let's watch Twilight because you know why not we had been watching harry potter and i thought okay so let's continue another series as well and so i found myself watching new moon and uh i don't think i had seen this one maybe i had i don't remember uh it's a rather forgettable movie other than that runtime that is certainly seared into my memory forever this movie's so long dude yes so this movie had the gall to be two hours and ten minutes long in the first one wait before you say that I want to guess. Yes. Uh, guess how long the first one was, Adrian. I still think the first one was probably too long as well, but I think the first one might have been like an hour 50. An hour 50 or, is your guess? That's my guess. Yeah, that's my firm guess. Well, uh, the original movie is actually two hours and two minutes. Wow. Which is not much different. I don't know. Maybe this one drags more. Looking back on it, the first one also felt like way too long, but this oh, one absolutely. somehow feels like a little bit even way too longer. Yeah, no, no, no. This movie is way way worse than the first one, in my opinion. I I think there's a steep drop-off in quality, but then it's also met with those extra eight minutes, which feel like an eternity in this movie. I I can't believe that you're telling me it's only eight minutes longer than the first one. I know, I I was shocked. shocked. I was also shocked. No, this this movie blows. It was rough going, and and it truly was a marathon, this movie, because there's a lot happening. Yes. While this movie did come out later, I didn't think the budget could have been terribly more, because like we said last time, they were made just like back to back to back, just cranked out. But they did get more of a budget. The first movie had come out and it was almost immediately a hit. So the first movie had $37 million as a budget. And then this movie had $50 million, uh, USD. And then the wow. final two ballooned up to $136.2 USD for part one and 110 for part two. So I hope with all that extra money, they will finally do something about the wig situation. Because even though this movie had more money uh, the wigs are still detestable they're really bad the effects i kind of went back and forth on whether or not they're bad in this movie i think i've come to the conclusion that they are not very good personally there's a lot of wolf many wolves in this movie and they don't look great the actual transformations are done quickly it's clever they they leap into their wolf form so like instead of american werewolf in london style where you watch them transform into a wolf 
very slowly at every feature kind of like using movie magic to be created on screen. This movie just completely foregoes that sort of style and they essentially very quickly anamorph into wolves. They, they literally like do a flip or something and they are magically a wolf. And it's done really quickly to deceive the eye. It does not look good. And the wolves, I guess, look okay, but I'm going to say they are not very good for the time. I don't know how you felt about them. Well, this movie came out in... 09. 09, 2009, which, uh, I mean, I guess that is a rough year for CGI, but once again, these movies don't really try. <laughs> so They have so much money, though. They had a lot of money, yet still, I don't know, I guess 50 million isn't, like, crazy blockbuster cash, but it is, like, I mean, for Twilight, yeah, the CGI is laughable. But the thing about these movies that we must consider, the point is not the CGI. The point is not them being werewolves. The point is them being sexy men. And uh, that's that true. is what we must consider. That's and, true. you know, they've taken these these classic horrific monsters from popular culture and mythology and uh, have made them not scary. They're not monsters anymore. Their conditions don't make them monsters. They make them just slightly sexier. And that's all it is, you know, glowing vampires, sexy wolfmen. And that's the point. It's not to be scary. They're not supposed to be scary. They're supposed to be alluring. Even the uh, the one aspect of them that does kind of elicit fear, which is that they are attracted to blood and, you know, they still do kind of want to eat Bella, they being the Cullens. You know, they they have a hard time fighting their urges as well. That's supposed to be the the alluring, attractive aspect of this story. You know, the fact that it's, it's forbidden love, right? Bella is very much, uh, at any point, she could be a victim of, of the Cullen family. And that's, I guess, supposed to be exciting? But she's is not that the point of these movies? I think there's a bit of a thrill from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a thrill. This is how they have their cake and eat it, too. It makes Edward the bad boy, but he's also got a pure soul and always wants to do the right thing. You know, he's a completely good, morally clean person, but he's somehow also the bad boy. Yeah, you're right. And you had mentioned Edward. It's worth noting, New Moon, it's a movie all about not Edward, essentially. Like, most of the runtime is dedicated to... Is his name Jake? Taylor Lautner's character? Are you kidding? Team Team Edward or Team Jacob? We clearly Jacob. see where you lie. Yeah, yeah. I know where I lie, too. Taylor Lautner has to be the most milquetoast, <laughs> talentless actor I've seen in a long time. And I respect the grind. I respect him getting his bag because, you know, he was a good-looking dude, got a lot of gigs in the 2000s, 2010s, early 2010s. But, dude, like, the guy is so boring on screen. Like, so boring. And he's a wolf. Like, he he's actually a monster. Like, he's cool. Or supposed to be rather they do do a good job of like making him you know sweet and and contrasting that with the really odd puberty storyline <laughs> that they go into oh. where when the wolves start to hit puberty rather when the guys start to hit puberty that's when they start to like wolf out and they get really aggressive so they do do that contrast well and i mean that as well as they can considering the storyline but man taylor lautner i think drags this movie down like three stars in my in my book it's rough let me get into Jacob. All oh, about please. Jacob. First of all, they did us the courtesy of halfway through the movie, giving him a haircut, which translates to tearing off that godforsaken wig. And then it was just his normal hair. So that's good. But I think that was like uh, the point where they signify that he's been through the change. He's yes. hit puberty and can now turn into a werewolf. And somehow that also means he gets to cut his hair and take off his wig. And that's also the moment where he decides that shirts are for humans and he'll never wear one again. God, all the shirts. <laughs> 
shirtlessness <laughs> in this movie. There's and my favorite thing about the shirtlessness is again, no disrespect to any of these guys. They are so much wealthier than I am, almost assuredly. Shout out to them. <laughs> However, the wolf ensemble, if you will, these these men that may or may not be Native American. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, they're supposed to be, but Taylor Lautner is just like jacked. He he's really ripped. There's obviously some contouring going on, of course. But the other guys are just like incredibly average build. Like they look like they play Dota 2 like every day. We think everybody on the Yes. <laughs> you yes, they're all gonna, gonna give me Yes, if you're going to give me jacked wolf guy, make it jacked wolf guys, uh, plural. Make them all jacked. Yeah. Because all the vampires are, like, absurdly, you know, pretty. So yeah. why why is it not the same with this gaggle of werewolves? And and don't tell me there was a shortage yeah. of muscular men to throw into this movie. There weren't, okay? It was just very laughable, especially there's this one scene where they come out of the woods and two of his little wolf cronies are on either side of him, and they just look super average next to him yeah and they all have the same dress code and that is very crappy homemade jorts where they just cut some legs off of some jeans oh man and i don't know why they all have to wear those exact jorts but they sure do they all of them do they are a quarter of the way to being a austin coffeehouse hipster all they need is the docks the flannel and the beanie uh those <laughs> the jorts are terrible dude i don't know, I don't know whose choice the jorts were but they're really, really bad. And it looks like they didn't buy jorts. It looks like they bought jeans and then cut the yeah, legs off. It does. It does. Well, maybe, maybe when they wolf out, they kind of like in a Hulk esque fashion. I think tear that's the idea. their pants. Well, it's horrible. Just like in Hulk. Makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't. They turn into wolves and I guess their pants do too. But th this is the movie. We're introduced to Jacob in the last movie, but he's just like shy little neighbor boy. And then in this movie, it begins with Edward not being around and I don't even remember why he's not around I think literally it was just like I'm not good for you we're I vampires you we're gonna hurt you why it's because that weird looking fella I think his name's Jasper freaking Bella is a dunce and gives herself the biggest paper cut oh, yeah, I've yeah. ever seen in my life the most absurdly massive gash in her hand needs stitches from an envelope or something that she tried to handle and of course the vampires have a hard time controlling themselves around human blood and we've established in the first movie that Bella, for some reason, is particularly potent when it comes to the blood. So Jasper just loses his mind and tries to eat her. And then, of course, Edward decides to break up with her. Because um, he's too dangerous and the vampires are too dangerous for her. Right. Uh, except for, they, they always call him father, but he's not like really the father. Carlisle, leader of the Cullens. And he just isn't affected by it. And, and they're like, why? Why aren't you affected? And he was like, I practice. Because he's cool is yeah. the reason. <laughs> I'll say it. Objectively the coolest character in this movie. I like that. Uh, he's barely in the movie, so. Exactly. You're right. <laughs> he, he doesn't have a lot of time to mess it up. That's true. I mean, That's true. he's cool. He's composed. He's he's mature. He's uh, soft-spoken, but is captivating. I like that guy. Best character in this franchise thus far. I like that. Well, while you've attacked know. Bella for cutting herself, I would like to attack her and Edward both for... I thought it was so stupid. I was like, were they really just going to live their whole lives and just hope? 
hope she never cuts herself or ever bleeds. Like, how many times do you scrape your knee, you know? You, that was bound to happen eventually. I don't get it. And then they were like, human blood. I don't This is dumb. Get over he was going to put her in a bubble. Yeah, what? When you look at these movies in a vacuum, which they do not exist in, and you don't consider the demographic it was made for, uh, when you don't consider the time period it was made in, post-Vampire Diaries era, you just, you see all the glaring issues with it. These movies are so nonsensical. If Twilight never happened and they were released in 2019 or 2018 as opposed to 2008 and 2009, I don't think these movies would be nearly as successful. They would not become the phenomenon that they were. I say that with confidence. I think largely American audiences have grown past this. This just came out at the perfect time. And of course, I know people are flocking to watch them now, uh, now that they're on Netflix, but I think that's because they either do what we do, uh, where they remember the cringe and want to embrace it, or they loved it when it came out and they're reconnecting with the material. A little nostalgia, um, yeah. Which is fine. I go and watch terrible things that I thought were fantastic when I was growing up, too. Hoodwink? Can we do oh, Hoodwink, God. by the way? I love I would love Hoodwink. to. Oh. I loved it when it came out We're doing so much. <laughs> I love it. I know that movie's We're terrible. We're doing Hoodwink now. Okay. Not, okay, perfect. It's on the docket. Nice. Yeah, Edward's not in this movie, right? He is at the end, but he's like, we, the movie begins and Edward's gone because it's too dangerous and angst and yada yada. And Bella is heartbroken. She she goes into this huge monologue about how the days meld into each other and everything seems gray and she hates life because Edward isn't there. And uh, there's a fantastically subtle scene where She's uh, in a sort of like taking a depression nap on her bed, curled up next to Romeo and Juliet, placed God. right next to her head, very subtly. <laughs> And, but they even do that entire Romeo and Juliet scene early on. This is my favorite thing. So the movie has a scene in which they're watching Romeo and Juliet in class, as you do. I think everybody's probably seen it in class. And they're like cupcaking in the back, flirting. <laughs> and the teacher does the classic thing. Uh, excuse me, would you mind uh, telling us what, what we just heard? And he expects Edward to, you know, fail and not know what to say. And Edward very romantically recites some Romeo lines. And and of course, Edward, who has been in high school for a hundred years, recites it perfectly. And it's like this, it's sold as this romantic scene. When in reality, he's taken this class a hundred times. It's super disturbing, actually, that that's why he remembers this so well. But no, nobody, I don't think anybody thought that. I think they thought, wow, how sweet, how sensitive. And once again, why, why are they in high school? Why? Uh, they don't have yeah. to be. He's been in high school for a hundred years and he didn't need to be. They, it's right. like they're covered but like why does it have to be a high school and then they do that bit where they only go to school on overcast days so that way they nobody finds out that they're a werewolf but it's also like it's crazy that your lab partner has yellow eyes you know vampire vampire <laughs> like, nobody finds out they're a vampire nobody finds out oh sorry sorry messed up not werewolf vampire but speaking of werewolves uh, yeah. since Edward is gone Jacob has filled in the void he's hit his uh, post pubescent maturity he's become a werewolf and that's when he becomes sexy he quits wearing a shirt and uh bella goes to like visit him on one occasion and he's like his hobby evidently is that he just works on motorcycles this was not in the last movie but in this movie he's got motorcycles he's always in the garage shirt
shirtlessly working on motorcycles, I might add. And I, they, I, he'll uh, never wear a shirt again. Ne- no, after that one scene where he takes it off, it's gone. There's no shirts. He's embraced the sun on his back. And they, they start striking up a relationship, Bella and Jacob. And the whole time, they, they kind of want you to be like, oh, are they going to get together? Is this a love triangle now? And the whole time, I was so, like, not fooled. Of course they're not going to end up together. You can act like, you know, a burgeoning romance is happening, but after this absolute star-crossed, fate-driven, ends-of-the-earth romance that she has with Edward, they're going to make you think that maybe she'll get with Jacob. It's like, no, it's not going to happen. There is no Team Jacob. They don't fool you for a second. The wool is pulled over nobody's eyes. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, it, you just know it's never going to happen. And, I mean, I understand we're saying that coming from, we're, we're reviewing this movie in 2021. Everyone knows the basic story of Twilight. But I think if we were to watch this movie even then in theaters, we would have known. No, there's just no way. This is not feasible. It's also like not what anybody wants to see. I guess there are those few people that like want that and, and wish it were that simple. But no, of course you want the vampire wolf war, right? I mean, if not, what are you here for? Yeah, and that is the thing that they, they start having a vampire wolf war. Evidently the werewolves hunt vampires because they think the vampires eat people and then the vampires have beef with the werewolves and yada, yada, yada. West Side Story, except Bella's caught in the middle. Very lazy. And, and that's why I think this movie drags on a little is because it's like you can see everything from a mile away. Not that you couldn't with the first one, but the things you can see a mile away in this one, like you can see that they're going to be really long. It's like getting yeah. caught by a train. There are, I think I can cite at least two times, but I think it happens quite a few times, where they almost kiss. Jacob and Bella are just, they're right there in each other's faces and they inch closer and closer and closer together to the point where they are literally breathing into each other's mouths. And then something happens where they can't kiss. In one instance, literally the phone rings. And then he's like, oh, gotta answer the phone. But like, I was thinking if this was real life, would he have answered that phone? I think he would have just let it ring. I think that's a moment where you can say, leave a message after the beep, you know? Like really? Especially if he's so into her, right? I mean, it's so, again, it's infuriating. And I know, I know it's supposed to elicit a reaction. Of course it is. It's the will they or won't they sort of thing. But it doesn't work here because A, you know they won't. And B, it's so non-human. It's so inhuman. And I guess he's not a human. (laughs) Wink, wink. But it's absurd. It's just, it's not a real moment, not a real thing that would happen. Yeah, and their whole relationship, of course, is just unrelieved sexual tension. Everything in this series is just mounting sexual tension and they never break it because if they break it, why would you keep watching? That's how they keep you uh, watching is, is keep that sexual tension right there. It's always on the precipice. Always, almost, they they do something and then it never happens and that's why you keep watching. I'll say this. There was a period of time during this movie where I actually thought I would like it more than the first one. Stuff was getting, you know, kind of interesting. The wolf aggression was coming out. I was digging it. And then all of a sudden, more time passes. There's that awkward triple date scene that goes on for way too long where Bella goes out with Jacob and some other schmo and like they're just jealous and super weird to each other. It's a very odd scene, super out of place. I don't even know if you remember that, Adam. Not but entirely, it, but I think I know the other Oh schmo. my God. They just drag on for forever. The, this movie has one of the most aggressive slogs I've ever seen. It's, in my opinion, a strong open, again, promising, and then just the 
middle and most of the end just an utter slog to get through. Like you're walking through too much oatmeal and it doesn't really get stronger until the end when Edward is back and uh, the stakes are raised. A Twilight movie without Edward is like, what are we here for? Uh, so of course it, it becomes a slog after a while. We can be entertained by uh, Milk Toast Jacob for only so long and then he's this surface level character. We've we've gone past the surface and now there's nothing left so let's bring back Edward. Uh, and they take a while. Oh yeah, you just mentioned that other schmo. I don't even remember if we touched on this in the last episode but <laughs> once again it caught me off guard. I keep forgetting. I had completely forgot about the B group. Her B friend group of normal human high schoolers that uh, uh, Andric Anna Kendrick's a part of. I keep forgetting they exist. They were in the movie. As you were watching the movie, you forget they exist. And then they pop up again and you're like, whoa, I forgot about that. And uh, we went to begin to watch this movie and they popped up towards the beginning and I was like, oh my God, I forgot about them. Cause they're so unrememberable and they have absolutely no, no point, nothing to do with anything. It's uh, so funny that you just said that because earlier when I was looking up the cast of this movie and I saw Anna Kendrick, <laughs> I went, oh, that's right. Anna Kendrick was in this movie. And then as we're recording the podcast, I had completely forgotten yeah. she was in this movie again until you had said her name. You're so right. It's almost like a spell has been worked over the B group that like, if they're not in front of your face, you forget about them. You are so right. That is hilarious. I've never heard anyone talk about them. I've never heard any criticism of them because everybody who talks about this movie has completely forgot about them because they are that forgettable. Yeah, it's They're true. probably the most forgettable group of characters in anything ever. I. It's impressive how forgettable they are. It's almost like magic. I hate them so much. They're so pointless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> literally just like you see them all together and the way that they're standing basically is their personality. Like one kind of bounces around. So, you know, he's the energetic one. And then uh, Anna Kendrick's, you know, she's got a very straight posture. So, she, you know, she's kind of the uh, uptight one. And that is as deep as it gets. You'll never know more. And you don't want to. You don't care. Well, and just isn't that this entire franchise yeah. stock characters that are dry and uninteresting shout out why did we cover this movie because <laughs> i said to yeah these movies they suck they really do. I don't know. I was disappointed. I didn't have fun with this one the way I did the first one. Yeah, well, I think that's this franchise is you can really only take so many servings of the same drawn out thing before you're like, God, I, there's two parts to the next one. I can't do that. I can't. That's too much. Is there? Yeah, Breaking Dawn part one and two. Like there, there's, only, there's four movies, right? We had this established last time. Whatever. If you're going to tell me that. there's another movie in there, I'm going to gonna eat my toes or something. Just wait in 10 years when they make a spinoff. Oh, man. Yeah, the sequel, prequel. Another thing. Let's move on. Like last time, we talked about uh, sort of just the initial stupidity of it. And then we got into like, you know, if you really think about it, this is disturbing. And now let's get into that. So this whole bit with Jacob is that he's just turned 16 and now he's a werewolf. And throughout the movie, they keep reminding you of the ages of these characters. Bella keeps saying like, oh, well, you're so young for me. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I think she's like 17 or 18 she's like i don't want to be a cougar but you're only 16 and it's like why 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 are they 16 the whole point of jacob is to be sexy man werewolf we are not going to watch twilight and pretend that the point of this movie isn't sex appeal and the point of jacob isn't sex appeal why else would you get taylor lautner of all people i didn't and, think about and that, they keep being like they're 16 and who's the audience for this it's people who are not 16 probably at least a lot of them why are we acting like the 16 year olds are sexy i really i don't 
don't like it and I don't understand it. Why can't we not be creepy, you know? Oh, man, I didn't even realize that or think about it. Yeah, it's super creepy. And again, keep in mind, Edward, hundreds of years old, over 100 years old. He is, and they even keep bringing that up. You know, she yeah. has like a, a vision of like what it might be like when she's 80 and Edward will still be there and she doesn't want to be old and have Edward yep. still be young. She wants to be young with Edward forever. And he's like, well, I'm 109, don't you remember? And she's like, oh, yeah, that's weird. Why keep bringing that up? I'm disturbed by it. I feel like some people are disturbed by it. I feel like more people should be disturbed by it. Stop reminding me. And why is that the case? Once again, why why do we have to have sexy teenagers and 109-year-old vampires? Why can't we all be uh, appropriate? It's uncomfortable, as they all are. And we said this last time. This story was written for people exactly like the person that <laughs> wrote them. It's Stephanie Meyer, this, is, this was made for people just like her. Women in their late 30s, early 40s. I'm sure some people in their 50s enjoyed this. It, it's just, it's no secret. It makes perfect sense. But stop sexualizing the teenagers. I know. I don't I like know. it. I really don't like it. And the Edward thing's whatever, because Edward's young and also 109, and that's like unrealistic at least. 16? I don't like that. It disturbs me a little more. Were really they 16? I didn't, even, I didn't even think about uh, that. Like, Jacob is, and she keeps talking about like how young he is. She's like, oh, you're so young. You're only 16. And it's like, even if he is supposed to be 16 high schooler, maybe they could have like kind of ignored that or maybe tried to go away from that. But they kept saying it. They kept trying to remind you that he's 16 and it's it's just even creepier, you know? Why do that? Even if the source material had characters that were younger, what's the point? Why not just cast someone older? Because I, I don't, I know Taylor Lautner is fairly young still. So I, I would imagine he was actually pretty close to that age at the time. Well, why not just cast someone different? Why not do it differently if you know what you're doing? If you look up Taylor Lautner's IMDb page, there's like, you know, the trivia section. And there they say that his trademark is his abs. Okay, so I've looked it up. So he was 17 in the first one oh, and 18, okay, so he was 18 in, in this the one. second one. But that means they've waited to do this. They literally waited until the second he turned 18 so they could whip out sexy Jacob plot. Ew. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. God, and then you think about like the culture around these movies, the Team Edward, Team Jacob thing. And you think about just all the eyeballs that watch these movies. Watch this one in particular. Man, this was the year he was named one of People People Magazine's uh, most beautiful people. Yeah, it, he exists as a eye candy. Next time you think of Team Jacob, I want you to think Teen Jacob, because that's Jeez. what he is. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was a good episode, buddy. <laughs> On that horrific note. <laughs> We learned that in real time. We did. I'm afraid to watch the rest because I feel like the ethics just landslide downhill. It's weird. This whole franchise is weird. It's all a fantasy. It's all just very odd to watch. It's uncomfortable, unsettling to uh, certainly to my eye. And yet here we are talking about it. Because it is, is it's absolutely uh, entertaining. You know, it is something to watch it for is. sure. It is. That being said, don't spend money on these anymore. Only give them a watch if you've got Netflix and you are more. Morbidly curious. Yeah, I think they're um they're very fun to analyze. <laughs>
admittedly. I don't know. Even the, the werewolves are like the wolves themselves are like sexy. You know what I mean? Like they're not <laughs> horrific man beasts. They're just large wolves. And there is that sort of like weird culture where like people get like obsessed with wolves a little bit too much. And they, they like, I mean, I guess wolves are pretty, but then people like really seem to like it. And if you make a person turn into a wolf, it, it, it gets strangely sexual. And there's a bit weird bit of confusion. Is this staying in the episode? It just jumped down the sex wolf rabbit uh, hole. I'm, I'm keeping, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the sex wolves. I don't like so much. <laughs> it gets worse and worse. But once again, like I try not to, in the first one at least, try not to hate on it too much. Because a lot of this, of course, is just for the fantasy. It's for the fantasy. You're supposed to put yourself in Bella's place because she's perfect. She's even more perfect also in this one. They go to the like a uh, council of vampires because every, every vampire thing has a council of vampires. Uh, and she goes at all the super cool, really old master vampires try to use their psychic powers on her and they can't simply because she's special and she's really cool. Not explained, but... Do you remember the random Dakota Fanning at the end of the movie? <laughs> oh, yeah. How could we forget? God bless. And, and yet I did. And yet I did forget until just now when you mentioned the council. Yeah, Dakota Fanning. What's she doing? Hope she's doing well. She's somewhere. <laughs> she's she's doing good. She's making... She's still... Uh, she's still collecting on that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood check. So she's doing really good. <laughs> I forgot she was in that. Yeah, I don't know. I guess she's wow. got a forgettable face. Shout out to D-Fan. I didn't forget. I'll never forget you, Dakota. Okay, well, I think we've ripped into this movie uh, much more than I initially anticipated. Though. Oh, I knew what I was coming here to do. <laughs> you rolled up the sleeves and put oh, yeah. on the gloves. I was ready for action. But, but thank you for talking about this with me. I I, uh, I feel slightly bad now. A little a little dirty. <laughs> But it's over. It's done. Well, I had a good time talking about it, really. And I had fun watching it, too. So thank you for joining me, Adrian. Uh, hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening. Goodbye.